Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Fundamentally Human, written by MDS Dan. Humans, where to start? So new, so exotic, so, uh, divisive. Everybody can agree that the galaxy just wouldn't be the same without them, but nobody can seem to agree about why. The Vabra respect their prowess as soldiers, and indeed, it would be difficult to find someone who denies their effectiveness. The second battle of Arcturus proves as such. When the battle group of thirty human ships successfully held out against the current fleet of six hundred, the human battle group lasted for five days, buying time for the rest of the Allied forces to regroup. The Ioki found solace in human art, and with a culture that places massive importance on artisans, it is not difficult to see why. In fact, human culture has rapidly invaded all sectors of the galaxy, with a newly released reboot of an old movie franchise of theirs, named, oddly enough, after its main character, James Bond, has broken too many records to count. The most-watched TV series is also human in origin, the equally bizarrely named Doctor Who. Human songs play on every pop music station in the galaxy. Human fashion invades every advertisement, and human food sits comfortably at the top of the list of the most popular cuisines. Serp value the human science the most. To them, the universe is a puzzle waiting to be solved, and they see humans as irreplaceable allies in that quest. Indeed, every household today contains some facet of human ingenuity, be it in the form of nanoforges or self-repairing walls. Human genetical technology has extended the galactic average lifespan by 6% across all species. Human quantum computing has driven a new revolution in consumer electronics, and human inventions permeate the battlefields of today. And yet, none of these seem to be as satisfactory as an answer. For each soldier, for each artist, for each scientist, there exists someone who completely disregards those ideals. They are a species of duality, capable of the remarkable feats of self-contradiction, but there is something fundamental to human nature, something the rest of the galaxy has ignored completely, something so basic, so ingrained, that it is true for every human without question. Humans are wanderers. They are explorers, sailors of the void, diving deep into the unknown. No human can ever truly be happy, restricted to one place. For they have within them the burning desire to simply move, to see what's beyond the horizon, to experience what the view is like at the peak, to find the planet orbits the star. As they wandered, they were forced to defend themselves, so they became soldiers. As they wandered, where they were forever lonely, they became artists. As they wandered, they were confused by their worlds, so they became scientists. And when one world wasn't enough, they reached for another. When Earth became too small, when the sky became too narrow, they reached for the stars. 
Small wonder, then, that 50% of the Galactic Exploration Corps are human. End of story. Story number two. Hell is a place. Places can be conquered. Written by Hetardo. The heavens burst in a shower of pale golden light, opening as if from great wings. Trumpets blazed and thundered with the force and the shake mountains to powder. At its source, a burning eye, surrounded by rings of fractal-patterned brass, crossed the void. For the briefest instant, the entity grew still and silent before exploding out like a supernova. Choirs of voices, male and female, old and young, singing and screaming. One word, in every language known across all the stars and all that weren't. Zariel. The second form, a creature, humanoid, but made a shivering, rippling light, responded. Do you have to do that every time? The eye blazed and resonating with power, grew still. It moved, but did not blaze across the stars or sound its cacophony. But it's fun. Zariel slowly kneaded his brow. Edatron could be an annoying jerk, but he was a good friend. What was it you wanted? You remember the humans, don't you? Zariel couldn't help but flinch. Yes, how could I not? The last species we made, crafted in his image. He wants us to call him God, Zariel, Metatron said softly. You know this. I know, Zariel responded, a pretentious name. Doesn't he know that he's not the only god out there supposed to be omnipotent? I am aware the transition to mono-identitism doesn't work out for him like the others. The others out there were probably made from more unified, less unpleasant parts. <laughs> probably, Metrodon chuckled, a great rumbling sound. But he's still our king, even if he's distant. You know this. I am aware... I am also aware that no other human pantheons have their gods so hypocritically or abusive, much less any other species out there. Sure, he's one of the most powerful, but he is delusional. Zariel, watch your words, brother. I'm not wrong. He's an egotist and a narcissist at his core. His entire religion is built on the grounds of a cult of personality and him abusing his power, or writing off situations where he failed is totally deliberate. Remember that human ruder he tried to break? Ramses, yes. Yeah, he sent a bunch of wide-range plagues. Turns out the guy had a backbone and wasn't as compassionate as he had depended on. He had to literally go through and manually kill everyone who didn't cover the door with animal remains. I remember. Never got why he couldn't just check. Laziness, I imagine. All that time with Morningstar and the human Joad tortures the guy a bunch and tells him that he's face that he did it all just to prick with him. And then, as soon as he gets questioned, he goes full psycho and starts threatening the mortal mode. Yeah, not his finest moment. I miss Morningstar, you know. Yeah, me too. Always the best of us. Always stood against evil and punished it. He has a kid now, a wee girl called Karma. I know. You know it's funny how the best of us, the one always standing against injustice, ended up standing against Yelway. Metrodon rolled back. True, had he fought so hard too, even when God got over his surprise that his perfect creation turned on him, and he got nasty. Lucifer didn't give up. He went higher than anything but God could never go. It wasn't enough. But no one could ask more of him. Actually, that reminds me. What? 
The humans, you know, the afterlife system we have, right? Yeah, heaven and hell. Good guys, meaning they're submissive suck-ups that kiss the feet enough to go to Jehovah. And anyone not willing to surrender themselves so much goes to the collective hell. Yeah, pretty much. Have you been there recently? No, it's not like it changes. Three-dimensional, non-chronological, infinite realm of torment and intense stimulation by regional drives and deep compulsions. I remember the humans had a particularly extensive section. A lot of pride, envy, lust, greed, and violence. Mm Mm-hmm. Mostly sex and violence. Those humans are a passionate lot. Not the best at civilization, but so very intense and creative. Several of them even made depictions and accounts of hell that were oddly accurate. True. Have they made it out of their home system yet? No, but I'll tell you what they have done. What? Conquered hell. Silence reigned on the proclamation before. Well, their area of it, anyhow. Dare I ask, Zuriel muttered. There wasn't enough time and pressure to knead his brow to a degree that he felt warranted. Okay, you remember how they got to hell, right? Yeah, falling in the sky, seeing a storm below them. The heaven right there, just as they fall in the storm. See all the things that condemned them, and a sneak peek at what the hell was for them, before they land in hell. Yeah, but what no one noticed is that they all land in roughly the same area. So humans decided to build there. Hold up, aren't they dropping in naked? Aldoin was very specific about that part. Yes, but he is the kicker. Enough humans came through with enough knowledge that they could harvest the required materials from the surroundings and use them to make stuff. They're doing things like extracting iron from the blood rivers to forge into weapons and armor. But uh, what about the demons there? Well, Lucifer and his armies don't trouble them. The majority aren't even properly guilty of anything. The wild demons are beaten back with a sword and a spear. At least half of them are fighting or doing something about fighting at any given time. But the thing about dying there is they come back while rested. They're just physically fighting back the demons there, Zariel said incredulously. Well, though, some they keep for, um, they're keeping the succubi around, aren't they? Yep. Why, they're physically sexual attractive, but the monstrous in appearance, they look like Venus flytraps and are physically insatiable stimulus seekers. Why would they keep them around? Do you really need me to explain it to you, brother? No. They're humans. It's just wrong. Yes. They disagree. They seem to take great pleasure in dominating and fornicating with creatures meant to torment them, and following cultural means and ideals to extreme ends. Many of them nowadays already enter hell with the expressed intent to conquer it, before even realizing others had done so. They idolized the concept of it without realizing that they've already done it. Well, that explains why the influx rates have dropped off in heaven. Wonder if Abba's noticed. We're supposed to call him God, you know. I'm aware. I'm just chose not to. What's the worst you can do? Banish me to hell. Apparently, the humans, which we were never allowed to contact, have made it quite pleasant. Not really pleasant. It's just constant battle to upkeep, but that's how they like it. Yeah, yeah, you got my point. Hell, I'm considering going there voluntarily. Honestly, same here. I know they've recovered some fallen angels and piled them for secrets and metamaterial technology or soul-powering. They can even do low-level alchemy, 
relativistic manipulation and flesh sculpting down there. Not bad for a space-to-species with next to no godly interaction. True, although I am aware that they don't particularly trust the fallen angels, they see us, quite reasonably, as part of an organization that screwed them over in their lives, and then again in their fate, and finally their destination in hell. They see us as a people responsible. Well, it's fair enough for them. My advice, bring them a rabbit. They can't bring animals with them. Call it Daisy and present it to their electric king. He's the big one with the weird-looking armor with the best twin-barreled shotgun, chainsaw, and fanciest of weapons. No crown? No. Apparently, they thought that it would be more fitting. I understand it is a reference to a fictional universe where a human with such equipment fights hell and wins, being bestowed the identity of the Slayer. Or Doom is a big honor, seemingly, but the character is supposed to have a rabbit, or have had a rabbit called Daisy. You sound like you've met them. I have. It is very entertaining. They've lost all their reservations about anything not genuinely damaging others, and are most diligently blunt. Apparently, some more academically and spiritually inclined are crafting these things called uh, Ouija boards. They're supposed to let you contact the afterlife, so they reckon using one from the afterlife will let you contact the world of the living and communicate. Will it? No idea. Entertaining if it works, though. Yeah. But I don't know of any race that's established a solid contact with their own afterlife. Nor do I. Are you genuinely considering, you know, falling? Well, if I do it voluntarily, it's not like I'm going to suddenly twist, am I? Not sure, old friend. Right. But besides, what do we have to do here? We never get to go out and do things. It's always Azriel or Michael, or Ascalian, or someone. Never me. If I go down there, even if I change a little, I'll have something to do and people to talk with. That is true. If you do choose to do so, tell me as well. I may very well join you. I shall. End of story. Story number three. Life. Written by Joe Scarling. Humanity has long anticipated finding life throughout the universe. We looked around us at the abundance of life, filling even the most inhospitable corners of Earth, and we said, Surely life exists at every opportunity. We looked out through our telescopes and said, There must be worlds out there that resemble ours. And so we searched. We searched through the waters of Mars for dead microbes and the remains of what might have been, but we found nothing. We traveled to the moons of Jupiter and to the very major rock in the orbits of the sun, but we found no life beneath the ice of Europa or anything else within our reach. We expanded our reach. We searched the nearest stars and then we searched the farthest. Soon the galaxy was mapped, colonized, and industrialized, but that was not to end. We found our way into the neighboring galaxies in our cluster before too long it was truly our galaxy cluster. With our people in every habitable world, but still we sent probes ahead of us, searching new territory for signs of life, hoping beyond hope to find another civilization to talk to, hoping even for some bacteria that did not originate on Earth. But we found nothing. 
We searched to the edges of the edgeless universe. We searched through the dimensions that should never have been reachable. We searched the empty vastness of space for every form of being our artists and poets could dream of. And still, we found nothing. There were many planets, there were nearly clones of Earth, but they were empty until we arrived. There were fantastic worlds of every possible description, but none of them held any life but what we had brought to them. Some of us never admitted what others realized early on. While life as we knew it was exactly exist anywhere, and thrived with only liquid water and a constant, there was no other life. All life on Earth proceeded from a single source, and the sheer vitality of life it produced skewed our assumptions. We thought life was a force unto itself, and that would drag itself into existence at every conceivable opportunity. But we were wrong. We were the exception. There was no life that didn't come from our source. So here we sit, preparing to build an alien species. They will have biology entirely unlike ours, if we plan things right. They will have thoughts and philosophies that could never occur to our own brains. But still, they will come from the life of Earth. And once they have established on the world that we give them and have built civilizations independent of ours, we will introduce ourselves, and then we can take them to meet all the rest of the species that we have given birth to. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.